0: Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Letters from the Edge. My name is Marcus and it is really exciting to be here to start my very first podcast and um, just to get down to it, I feel like this is going to be really useful uh, for myself and a lot of other people. Um, because we're basically going to be talking exclusively about bipolar and mental illness, more generally speaking. Uh, I think this is going to be a cathartic experience for me to share my experience, uh, because this is still fairly new for me. Um, for context, uh, I've only been diagnosed uh, with bipolar for three years, but for anyone who knows what it's like to go through the discovery journey you know, of bipolar, when you look back, so much makes sense like your whole context your whole life up to this point makes sense and then i guess from here on you're uh, learning to you're trying to learn uh how to live with it and just negotiate the the changing rules of of your life and and know what you can and can't control but something i really wanted to talk about uh i actually originally recorded a, a podcast about ideation which will probably be the next one i actually thought the, the topic I'm about to bring up is actually a bit more relevant to me right now, and I thought it would make a great first podcast. Because it's, I mean, let's face it, most people spend, let say, about 70% of their lives at work. And when you are in the workplace with a mental condition like bipolar, it is a lot more challenging. I think, unfortunately, even though the landscape surrounding mental illness and everything in the workplace, it's actually treated like a genuine sickness. Um, but unfortunately, there's still a lot of stigma and misinformation about it, and it does make things incredibly tough. And that's just from the external side of things. For inside, I can tell you firsthand, and, and probably true for most other sufferers, that it's incredibly challenging to continue being in a workplace, especially because you're racked with like guilt, um, feelings of inadequacy when you have episodes, and, and you know that you are struggling and potentially in your own mind putting stress on your co-workers and the employment itself you know it, it is challenging so i thought that this would be a really good topic to start with in terms of my career goals i mean i anyone who knows me knows that pretty much since i've been eight eight years old i wanted to be a writer and that has never changed i read my first stephen king it's uh, at eight years old the stand despite my mum not wanting me to pick up that book from the secondhand bookstop um from the, sorry, the marketplace, and I basically was a big jump from Goosebumps to Stephen King, and I missed a lot of the subtext at that time, but you know what? I never looked back. I just knew, reading his words, that I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to write specifically scary stuff. I've been a ghoul ever since, Uh, especially, I think, the second book I read of his, it it took me about six months to read the damn thing, but that just sealed the deal. <laughs> so I've wanted to be a writer that entire time, and I've actually been published eight times, or nine if you count the republishing of one of my stories in a best-of collection with my publisher. It's all very fairly small chips at the moment, um, and I'm still working on new stuff. But that is my dream career, and I think you'll find creativity among bipolar people and mental health, um, uh, mentally ill people, is actually very, very common but I also live in reality, and I know that you can't expect to make money off that—at least not straight away. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of persistence. And unfortunately, bipolar it tends to be a very inconsistent uh, disease. You know, you can be very focused and um, energetic and motivated, and then when you have your depressive phases or your, your even just your baseline mid phases, you've just Yeah, your commitment to things can be a bit sporadic. So you know, I when I landed in the last two years, my job full time in a bookstore. I couldn't think of anything better for me. Like I get to share my passion for literature, for the arts, and I can tell you one of the most satisfying things about my job is you know be able to share like people asking for recommendations. Now I don't know if you guys know the state of bookstores in 2023 or even for the past decade or two, but since 2008, when a lot of the bookstores were closing down, they're, at least with the major book chains and stuff, because they pretty much are the the ruling class now of bookstores, there's very few independent bookstores that can stay open for long, the long duration. You know, there's very, there's very few bookstores that have dedicated horror sections now, so one of my big thrills is being able to find and even order those books in knowing I can sell them to our customer base and getting people converted, you know. I feel like the big bookstores now, I don't think there's a market for it and they have to blend it in with other genres. And it's, it's to me, it's just not right. But that's just, I'm a bit biased about it. So being able to share that passion for people who come in going, hey, have you have got a good book recommendation? And sharing something that I know I've read and that I've loved and them coming back to me going, oh my God, Marcus, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Have you got any more recommendations? That is so satisfying. It is it is the next best thing to being on the shelves. So it's a great job for me in theory. But just like all, a lot of my other jobs, and this is a recurring thing that comes up with me every few years. I end up struggling through all the jobs I've had. And I become really, I don't know, cynical, bitter, bitter. And, and just frustrated. I think frustrated is probably actually the better word. Bitter does not quite so much. I mean, I've worked in some pretty toxic environments and it has become been on account of bosses that, again, prior to the diagnosis, who were not treating me well and I wasn't able to really have an explanation for how I felt or why I was sort of this tit-for-tat cause you know, cause and effect uh, between myself and, and employees and, and my management. I now know, obviously, that bipolar is in that mix, and, and so sometimes I'm reacting to things, but then other times I've caused things by my erratic behaviour. So having that clarity now, knowing what it is, can help me be a bit more conscientious. But it's not completely foolproof, even with medication and uh, what's the word I'm going to use? Holistic kind of activities I do, like you know, meditation, mindfulness practice, um, those sorts of things. They're not foolproof; they don't always work. So you know, it's always going to be an obstacle in any job at the moment you know working full time being a fairly recently divorced uh single dad now it is quite challenging to have a good work life balance and despite how much joy i get more often than not from my job there are mundane elements to it it's a retail job uh you have kpis to meet you um, have long days where it's just it's Some days it's, at the moment it's very quiet and it's very boring. There's only so much to do, and I I have a real distaste for pointless busy work, you know, like or double handling of things. When I know, hey, tomorrow we're getting a delivery. Why would I go and put extra stuff on the shelf, you know, that like just literally fight to fit stuff on the shelf when I'm, I'm gonna need the room anyway and I'm gonna take it all off again tomorrow. Like that sort of stuff drives me insane. And when you talk about it to people they sort of look at bit, oh, but, you know, that's the job. I'm like, it just seems really stupid to me. And right now I'm going through a period um, of ennui and, and frustration at my job, despite how much I enjoy it. Uh, I'm, I am getting frustrated and bored. And, you know, the thing you'll find with people with bipolar is that we almost always need some kind of stimulation. Even when you're in your depressive phase, that's probably when it's the most important to be stimulated to try and drive yourself back up. And you can get lost in things when you're kind of focused. If you manage to get that focus, it can really help get you out of, um, you know, out of that depressive cycle. But unfortunately, I've been struggling with that lately because you know I'm like a lot of my things that I would could be focused on, like my KPIs and particular kinds of sales. I'm just not interested. I'm, and it doesn't help that I'm actually well. We, I'm technically in management. Um, I'm the two I see at my store, but I'm not actually, we're not actually called managers. We're actually a f- more or less, um, I, I jokingly call it a uh, glorified night watchman. You know, we have some power, but very little. And unfortunately that kind of having that sense of, you know, I don't really have all that much authority to do or change anything or to sort of, it it, frust- it becomes frustrating So I'm like, well, why am I here? Why am I killing myself doing this job, working 40 hours a week, um, stressing myself out because I'm trying to, you know, lead by example. And, and, and I am actually a very high KPI achiever. Even when I'm not trying, I seem to do really well. I've always been a bit of an overachiever. But this is one time where it's not for that external validation. It's purely just because I love sharing my passion with books. So it's it's a good fit. And you know, that high energy, when you are motivated, when you're in a hypermanic phase especially, achieving the goals and the KPIs, it happens so organically, it's ridiculous. One of the perks of my job is getting vouchers every month um, from hitting certain KPIs to um, get basically free books and you get the books discounted, which is even better. So I get more, even more bang for my buck. And having that happen when I'm already organically feeling high and everything, it's so good. But then, you know, when I'm even in the lower mood that I've been in for the last few weeks, possibly even a couple of months since my um, my true, full blown hypomanic phase that I was the first one I was ever able to identify myself um, and and mitigate that only happened in the last two months, and um, so that was a big achievement in itself. But of course, I had not experienced the at least consciously the big crash that came afterwards. So, the last couple of weeks, especially, but the last two months in general, have been fucking hell because I've been on that downward turn. And even going in for a nine hour day when there's nothing, I mean, there's jobs to do, but when I've got nothing to do and I've done everything I need to do, I'm frustrated, I'm bored, I'm not stimulated, and I need that stimulation. I mean, I'm a creative stuck in a non creative job, so I have to find things to focus on. And obviously, like, because of the distaste I have for those more mundane double handling and busy work, you know, that doesn't, in my mind, really need to be done other than just to look busy, it does wear on me. And I feel like a cop out very often saying that, you know, I know that in reality, I just have to do what I got to do. You know, I want to get paid. I want to continue to be stable for myself, for my mental health ongoing and for my kids. You know, I've got people relying on me. I feel guilty, I think, more than anything by not like I don't feel guilty so much for, you know, when it's there's nothing to do than me not actually going ahead and, and pretending to be busy. But I do feel guilty when I'm stressed, when I'm feeling down and obviously my I mean when you've got bipolar, what's coming off you, you know, that idea of the aura, man, it is I know for me, man, when I'm when I'm happy my my energy is it is, um, everyone else is bouncing off the walls sympathetically. You know, they're, even when I'm a bit much for them, I can feel that their energy is higher. But when I'm low, mate, you can fucking feel it. it is like a black hole, you know, just pulling you down, a, a tide. And yeah, it is very, like, it just sucks everyone else down. And you try to stay up. I definitely am aware of it these days. I'm very self aware and I try to bring myself up and I try to joke about things. But there are times, like, in the last, I mean, there was two days this week that I worked. And I just could barely lift my head. I just was struggling. I just didn't want to talk to anyone. Just wanted to be by myself. And I know that that kind of places burden on coworkers because they could see, like, I'm basically, my eyes are shrink-wrapped in tears, you know? And a couple of times I had to excuse myself. And I, I'm, I mean, just short of crying, yeah. but I'm heading my hands out the back. I don't know how to cope. And it's purely because I'm frustrated, I'm bored, I feel under-stimulated. And then I'm just generally feeling bad about life- So, and I think honestly what's happened is, is because I haven't had in the last two years since my divorce, since my separation and eventual divorce, I haven't taken like a a fraction of my annual leave that I would get has been taken purely for myself. The rest of the time it's been for when kids are sick, when I didn't have enough sick leave to cover it. And that is one thing you that I do feel really guilty about is when I'm really struggling, look, I take... A sick day. like I, 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 That's what it's there for. Mental health, despite what a lot of people will say and, and think in the privacy of their own minds, mental health is a true sickness issue. And I'm really grateful that workplaces in Australia are starting to come around to that. But there's that stigma still and just that guilt that comes with that knowing that stigma is in the background. You know, I, and I also worry about my performance. You know, I'm not turning up and You know, if I'm not turning up to work, you know my stats will be going down. I'm I'm a manager that's taking a lot more time off, and I'm really lucky that I have a really supportive boss and I communicate openly with him. He checks in with me. Um, I I try not to let it become an excuse or uh, too often, but if he knows I'm going through a bit of a thing at, at any given time, like he's very supportive, and I'm really lucky. It's just been that lately I have been the stand-in boss because he's been away at another store helping it get up to speed and and get up to where it needs to be. So I've been in a privileged position to show my my management chops. But to be honest, I mean, I don't want to be a full-time manager, I don't want the, all the responsibility to be on me, because, not because in and I if I didn't have bipolar, I would love that, that would be a career trajectory going upwards, you know, but I just, right now, I am, I just don't think that's on my trajectory at all, because I, that's not my goal in life, I want to make the creative stuff happen, and I have to be realistic about it, of course, you know, I, I would, would have, I would think I've always been a dreamer, regardless of the bipolar in the mix, so I think basically a combination of being put in that extra p- stressful position temporarily, those associations of guilt that come even without the depressive episode, but then the depressive episode on top, and not having a true holiday. Really, I only have only had one two day holiday away in two years that was purely for me. I've still had my kids. I've even that one where I, t- I went away, I took them with me, and it wasn't particularly. It was the first. It, it was the first. Holiday I'd had with the kids since being being single, and it was very stressful. It was a totally new experience. It wasn't like just taking them to the park or out for dinner, which was stressful enough for parents, let alone parents with bipolar. So I think that I've. It's not even just about you know I need stimulation. The job sucks. I hate it. Now it's nothing like that. I don't hate my job. I definitely love my co-workers, and I'm in a really. Pretty positive environment for the most part, despite it being just typical re- retail. But I think I'm just burnt out, and when you've got bipolar in the mix, you need to take that seriously because you know it, it can make what would be a typically a typical cycle go on for longer or be more severe. But I also think that by, uh, sorry, burnout can be a sign for anyone that we need to examine the conditions. Um, of our life and, and of the workplace and, and sort of weigh up the pros and cons. I know for myself, at the moment, I'm weighing up, look, I've almost finished my degree. My degree is in writing and, and publishing. And, you know, it's going to be hard to find something new and it's scary. Like, I, I mean, I, I always say to people, it's almost a bit of a catchphrase based on a line from um, from an emo band, you know, I'm, I, I always feel like I hate the idea of chasing safety, um, but in in a way i I crave safety I crave that structure and i crave that i crave that consistency and reliability of having a full-time job I've never had until now a 40 hour a week full-time job and even though the pay sucks and I will say that it really isn't worth the squeeze despite the fringe benefits and being surrounded by a thing that I love it's you know, when you, when I'm in a good place, you know, the job does not feel like work. I get to talk about literature and books and authors and all that stuff. But, you know, you have to look at the physical and emotional symptoms and and take it seriously. And that's especially true of people with mental illness. We need to really not just get lost or, you know, have a a depressive episode and then go, oh, well, I'm back to normal now. I I have a, a tendency to do that. I'll wait till things get good again. I'm like, oh no, I love my job again. It was just that. It's like, no, if it keeps happening and it always does with my jobs, it comes in cycles. I'm just lucky that this is one of the few jobs I've had that it happens a lot less with. But I realize that you know, long term, this kind of work isn't going to be particularly good for my mental health, and I know that um, you know, there's a lot of advice out there for for sufferers of bipolar, that you need to find a job that is like stable, but at the same time doesn't put undue pressure or stress on yourself, that doesn't feed back into the cycle of guilt or self-recrimination or all that sort of stuff. We need to find something that is more conducive to our condition. So, I mean, if I didn't have kids going to part, finding another job in like I hate the idea of going back to dead end work. I mean I've done it with Aldi, and that was oh fuck that's where dreams go to die me my friend, in my humble opinion, even though it pays well, it was hell for me, but like having a job where you don't have to think about it after the fact, you can just go do it and go home and it's over, and you know work have a better work life balance that is really good. I mean, you'd still be a creative stuck in a shit menial job, but at the same time you can have that space to breathe so the the meniality and the and the boredom of it is minimal but i've kind of got a perfect storm uh currently um of you know long hours stressful kind of job because i am in a leadership role which you know i often think i know i'm a good leader and i can really lead by example and i'm a good salesperson but it you know, sometimes I think, man, I'm I'm the wrong candidate for this job. Someone else should be doing this. You know, I again, that could link to self-esteem and guilt. Um, not just in the depressive cycle, but overall how a bipolar person views themselves historically. And look, I have a lot of practice that gets past this shit. You know, uh, mindfulness practices like meditation and grounding exercises, like focusing on your breathing, eating on your break, consciously... Like doing your activities consciously when you're speaking to someone, like really focus and fixate on what you're saying, like take the time to do it slowly and do it with purpose. Don't just say random things. And those things help ground me and they do make, depending, regardless of what phase I'm in, you know, the the manic phase or the depressive phase, it does help ground me and it, it settles me. It puts me in a more balanced place. But that doesn't fix everything and it doesn't always work i mean in the first topic i recorded about before i had my technical issues i was talking about suicide ideation and how it's a very normal experience for people on almost uncannily so for people with bipolar and i wanted to talk in that episode about how um there's so much stigma about it because we can't talk about it we can't talk about as casually as we feel it all the i mentioned in there like all the exercise you could have the best medicine course with your best relationship with your therapist and your family and everyone be understanding and you can do all these sort of self-help holistic exercises like I do and that I rely on almost exclusively and it won't work 99% of the time it does but that 1% that cripples you it doesn't work so you know you're gonna have to find jobs that or or try and find concessions in your workplace to make life bearable because like we are facing a real um, a real sickness. It's a sickness of the mind. And that is probably more debilitating simply because it does have an effect on the body. It does have ripple effects in every other part of your life, be it your romantic life, your relationship with your kids and your family, you know, so communication with your employer specifically is so, so important. And I'm really blessed that I have a manager that I can talk to who will listen to me and not judge me. And knowing your rights within the workplace, you, you, there's a lot of, I mean, I've worked jobs so often where, you know, you've made to feel guilty for taking a sick day and like, you know, fuck, I was talking to my friend last night, like who works on the trains, you know, she has been on the train getting transported to her starting point on her route for like like an eight hour day or whatever. And she suddenly felt the trots, you know, fucking stomach pain, like, oh shit. And it was just that sudden. And it does happen. And mental health is no different you know, I've woken up sometimes and I'm trying to get out of bed and get past the grogginess and the brain fog. And then within half an hour, my, the depression is so crippling that you just can't function. I can barely, barely get the kids ready to go to school a lot of the time. And then you got to go to work and deal with not customers for nine hours and, and trying to sell and meet KPIs and lead your team. And it's fucking tough. I'm not trying to make this this podcast, by the way, about whinging about stuff. I'm just trying to share what the reality is. There is always a lighter side of things when I have that. That's going to be a segment that I'm going to have right towards the end of most of my episodes because I think it is important to show a bit of levity in the midst of all this. But to get back to the topic, uh, knowing your rights is so, so important. You are allowed to take sick days. From what I understand legally, uh, you are allowed to take a single sick day and not need a certificate for it. Um, I'm lucky enough that if if you're in a part-time and full-time role, um, you have the benefit of having paid sick leave. And I know in Victoria, I don't know if it's come into effect yet, but I know that casual sick days, uh, paid sick days are now coming, going to be a thing. And that's amazing. And I I have to make sure people who are suffering with any kind of mental illness, particularly bipolar, because it's the one that I know, do not be afraid to take those days. You are legally backed, and if you ever are unfairly dismissed, there are you know unfair dismissal claim. You can make an unfair dismissal claim with Fair Work, you know, and that is really important to know that you have people that have your back, especially if you have a relationship with doctors and your and your management is aware that you have a mental health condition, um, that you have rights and you have every right to use your sick days and not feel guilty about it. It, it. I mean, we're really lucky that we live in an age where, unfortunately, as prevalent as mental illness is, and who knows, it could be the way we live our lives, the way the precious modern society puts that's so out of touch with what we would be like if we were still in the forest. That could be the cause of why so much mental illness exists in our society. Um, and we're lucky because of its pre- prevalency, you know, the workplace attitudes, especially from corporate, are becoming, at least officially, you know, more tolerant and more accommodating. But unfortunately, within workplaces, among staff members, among managements, and just individuals in general, it is still stigmatized. You know, if I I feel bad, like, I feel better saying my kids are sick to take it, that mental health day that I really need, than when I'm, when I'm suffering such crippling depression that I Literally, just want to go home and sleep for twenty hours, which is very rare because I am more hypermanic oriented, and my medication is actually more tailored to deal with the depressive side of things. But you, I feel bad, like to, if I have to tell my manager or tell them, and it's because of that, sti- knowing that stigma or that potential to be judged as, oh, he's not the right person for this job, or what a cop out, or what a piece of shit. You know, those thoughts go through your head, and you know you're doing. I mean, one of the things I've learned through. Cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a fucking great way to change and analyze your thoughts and change your thought processes, even if it is slow progress. You can't necessarily get into the minds. You're not a mind reader, so you can't can't know for sure what people are thinking. But we do know that the stigma does exist. And, you know, we just have to trust that... (sighs) We have to trust that, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt because, you know, trying to assume the thinking and then catastrophizing the situation doesn't help you or anyone around you by proxy. We are protected and we can use our sick leave to give ourselves the day because sometimes that's all we need. I know that when I've come back after having a full day of just like decompressing I've been back to my usual self, back to doing my job. And knowing that I can have, having that confidence to do my job again, just keeps you out of the cycles for longer periods of time. And it shows, it proves to everyone organically that you, bipolar people are just regular people that have an extra little hurdle to deal with. We are good employees. We, in fact, we're very motivated when the going is good. Um, And we just, like everybody else, we have those lower points. It's just that our lower points are often a lot lower than, and disastrous and more chaotic than other people are used to in their own lives. And now for the lighter side of things. Bipolar in the workplace might be difficult to uh, to deal with for your co-workers and for yourself. But you know what? There's are our advantages to it. The benefit is you're highly energetic and if you work in a sales job like mine, you can convince people to buy things and in my case, it's nothing smarmy. It's purely that I'm able to get people who come in for a romance book, especially like all these young people coming in for all their trashy, toxic romance stuff that's been trending all over TikTok. So, you know, convincing the lemmings to, instead of going over that cliff, to come over to the cliff that I'm uh, peddling, that being the one towards horror, and I talk about it with such passion and enthusiasm, and I know that is infectious, and that's what gets them. And you know what? I mean, there's definitely worse things in the world. I mean, yeah, they've come in looking for a particular book that they want to read just because everyone else is reading it, and I'm getting them to read something potentially a lot better, even if it's taking them out of their comfort zone, even if it's um, not your usual cup of tea. And you know what? That works for me too, because at the end of the day, um, that side benefit I told you about, where I get vouchers at the end of the month for doing a really good job on my KPIs... You guys are fueling my book addiction, so you know what, I'm gonna take it. You know the flirtiness that comes inherently to um, bipolar, the ability just to walk up to people and make instant friends, um, to share that passion and that energy, that has a place in the workplace, and certainly in my job and similar jobs. Um, So it's not all doom and gloom, guys. There is so much value to a bipolar person in a workplace. And it doesn't even have to be what they can do and how they perform. It's purely that they are another one of us. I mean, what am I saying? They're We are people just like you. We are feeling and thinking. If anything, we're overly thinking and feeling type people. And we are great to have as friends, as lovers, as workers. And we shouldn't be devalued just simply because of a condition that is nearly a hurdle in life and in all the micro-environments. Together, we are always better. And with a little bit of empathy, with a little bit of more destigmatization, a bit more awareness in the all aspects of our lives, we can do better together. So let's walk, keep walking that edge together, guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye.